Welcome to Jess Williamson, the podcast where we build businesses for life. Today's guest on the podcast is coming all the way from LA and she needs no introduction. It is Jacqueline Johnson. She is the founder of Creating Cultivate, which runs the most incredible entrepreneur events for females. She is the host of Work Party Podcast, a top podcast interviewing incredible guests on all topics around entrepreneurship. And she is the CEO of a new investment platform, Cherub, as well. She does so many different things. And in today's episode, I really wanted to talk to her about how she lands these celebrity guests at her events. She's had incredible guests such as the Kardashians, Shay Mitchell. There's too many to name, so I'm not even going to try to. Stay tuned because this episode we dive into comparison, standing out in crowded markets, and of course, how to land those celeb guests on your platforms. So let's dive in and get into it. Hey, Jacqueline, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Amazing. So excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So for those that don't know, Jacqueline is the founder of Create and Cultivate, the founder of her new platform, Cherub, and you have made some incredible things happen. It's like something from a movie where you've built these incredible community around Create and Cultivate. You've landed next level celebrities at your events. I mean, the Kardashians don't just turn up for anybody's event, right? <laughs> and so what I would love to chat to you a little bit about is your mindset behind this? Like, where did you start? Because I think a lot of people stay stuck in, oh no, I can't aim that high, or I can't reach out to these people because they're a celebrity, or, you know, there's just so many limits that we place on ourselves around mindset and around what we think is possible. And I have this concept that I like to call fantasy land, where it's like, a place where literally anything and everything is so, so possible. So what was your mindset starting out? And I know you had your agency business and it kind of flowed through from here for people that don't know your backstory, but I want to just dive into the mindset piece. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, just to give some context into my first business that you were just mentioning. So I was laid off. And that's what really prompted me to become an entrepreneur was like, it was not like a choice. Um, and I think that and will give you a completely different mindset than someone who like takes the leap knowingly with a plan and all these different things. Right. So I think for me, it was like somewhat survival. <laughs> like I had Off just, the edge of the cliff with no choice. Totally push yeah. off and like, which was obviously like a super devastating moment for me, but like turned out to be exactly what I needed yeah. to get into this phase of, of my life. Um, so everything does happen for a reason. I, I do believe that. But so the mindset initially was like survival and like making it work, right? Like, so I, with my first business, I was relentless really in like making it successful and it was successful in its own right. You know, it pales in comparison to the success of Create and Cultivate, but you know, I got Forbes 30 under 30 with that um, company. And then obviously 
create and cultivate really took off. So I think the lesson and the learning from that, I think that people can take away is that just because your first business or first idea doesn't work, it doesn't mean it's bad. It can always lead to something else. It can teach you something about where you're going. Like I always say that that company was really like getting my MBA and being an entrepreneur. Um, cause I got to make a lot of mistakes without a lot of people watching me, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the mindset for, from that, that, that standpoint was that right. Like survival, make it work, make it happen. Um, with Crane Cultivate, it was make it as big as possible. Like I, there was so much momentum around Crate and Cultivate, whereas I would say there was like momentum-ish around my first business. Um, I was really manufacturing that momentum, I would say around the first business, whereas Crate and Cultivate kind of had a life of its own. Like people really resonated with the message um, and the movement that we were like starting. So it was kind of nice to go from, you know, being the one to go out to every single person, try and knock on everyone's door to people coming and knocking on your door. But I really seized that opportunity. You know, I didn't overwhelm quickly. I really said yes to as many things as possible and grew as quickly as I could. Yeah. What do you see the biggest difference being between the two? Was it just that there was that need in the market or was it something that you did differently where people were coming to you versus you feeling like you had to manufacture that? Yeah. It was two different, completely different businesses in the sense that like the first business was me helping brands get their message out there through influencers, events, social media, content, et cetera. It's me pitching brands to help them. Creighton Cultivate was mine. So it was really interesting because even some of my brand clients were like, why don't you just do that? Like, that's your baby. You're so good at doing, you know, this for other people. (laughs) And then trying to fire you. (laughs) Yeah, truly trying to fire me. And I, I kept like thinking about it, but it was like, I don't know that. Like, I don't know how to make that big. I don't know how to grow that. I don't know how to monetize that. Like agency life is what I knew. It's like where I came from. So it felt like really scary to be like, I'm going to go try and do this, which is why I kind of did it at the same time to kind of like parachute myself if, if worse came to worse and it didn't work out. But I would say Create and Cultivate was right time, right place in a lot of ways. It was early, early days of the movement for women in business. You know, there really wasn't the Whitney Wolfs and the Jen Rubios and, and the women we know today of some of the biggest entrepreneurs. Like that didn't really exist, but there was women starting businesses in droves. So it was like the timing was really good. That was number one. Number two was we were also doing something extremely different. So to your point, we were at the time hosting, like now you can't picture an event without a flower wall, but like at the time (laughs) events did not look like the events that we were putting on. Right. So we were like, okay, we can have this amazing conference with these amazing speakers. Oh, and it can look really great. And there's cool things to do on site. That model didn't exist yet. So we were doing something new and the timing was really right. Yeah. So now that there is like an abundance of flower walls, like every single day, there's all these things popping up. How do you make sure that in Create and Cultivate, you sort of stay ahead or, you know, you have that differentiating factor now that everyone's kind of jumped on board? Is there something that you strategically do around that? Yeah, it's very stressful, right? Because when you become, it's really nice to be the first, right? Because Uh you get to try a bunch of stuff. Everyone loves you. You're like the favorite. And then all of these little competitors crop up. And this is, this is the truth of the matter is like, this happens in every industry. It's not unique to create and cultivate. And the good news I always say about our industry is like, great. Like we want more women focused company. Like this is great. It's not like we're selling shoes or something like that, where it's like really, you know, kind of, it's a bad, you know, you're really nervous about your competition. It's like, 
all good things are good. However, they do take market share and it is really challenging to stay as on top of things when you're the biggest one in the room, right? So uh-huh. what we really focus on is like, we're trying to be six months to a year ahead in what's happening, right? Like we want to be talking to our community, asking what they want. Like we just relaunched our insiders program, which is our membership program. It's really incredible. It has amazing mentorship, cohorts, community content. Like it is truly everything and more that you would need as a small business owner or first time entrepreneur to go into your business. Cause I think what people love about create and cultivate is the events, right? Like everyone loves to go and see people and take photos and hear people speak. It's like amazing. So it's like, how do you take that experience put it online and yeah. connect people that way. And that's something that we've been working on for a really long time and had evolved there. We also had our podcast in 2017 launch, which is 150 years ago with COVID. Like so much has changed, <laughs> but we relaunched the podcast this year. So we try to relaunch, refresh, redo as time goes on. And that's just being a company in business for 10 years. Like you have to constantly yeah. be evolving. I literally just recorded like a video yesterday saying the number one skill entrepreneurs need is to be willing to adapt and evolve. It's like oh, yeah. no longer 1920 where you could put your sign out the front and it's like, that's your marketing plan for 20 years. <laughs> so it is hard. It's really, really challenging. And especially as you grow as a company and you have a lot of people involved, it becomes even more challenging. Like sometimes I see competitors who are maybe like three or four people on their team who can move fast, get stuff up quickly, you know, and you're like envious of that, even though you know that you're the one that, you know, has started and built this whole thing. It's tough. It's like there's growing pains on both sides, right? It's like everyone who has three people in their company wants to get to a million million dollars in revenue and they're killing themselves. And then once you're at the 10 million plus revenue mark, you have a lot of people, you're trying to catch up with all the small guys. Like it's it's a constant battle. Yeah. How do you deal with that on the daily? Uh, (laughs) I think the reality is it's like you, like my friend Maxie always says, there's a reason horses race with blinders, right? Like you can't be obsessed with your competition. You can't be looking left and right. You have to be looking ahead to get ahead. So I think that's really good advice. And I think we concentrate on what we're doing. We know our audience, they're loyal. And like, we just keep serving them and keep giving them what they want then we'll keep going. And I think you can't get hung up on all the competition out there. You'll go crazy. You'll literally go crazy in in any industry, you know? So Uh I think it's take inspiration where you want it, but leave the rest. Yeah. And I think the saddest thing is when someone else has an idea or is maybe the first to market. And then when everyone else does it, they say, what's the point? Like they're doing it better and then they stop. And I think that is such a shame because everyone has their unique vision. Everyone has their unique vibe. There's a reason why people come to your events, you know, versus other events or they feel that extra connection with your events. So I think it applies to every, every industry. Speaking about your incredible podcast, Work Party and your events, from the outside, people see like if you literally type in business event in Pinterest, it's created cultivate everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from the outside, people see the Kardashians and all of these incredible high profile people at your events. And recently how you had Emma Herman and um, Whitney Port on your podcast. So many incredible women and thought leaders that you've had come through your events or podcast. How does that start? Because I think I really want to share a message for everyone who is maybe in that boat where they're like, oh, you can't reach out to celebrities or the other boat where it's like, cool, I would love to, but like, 
how on earth <laughs> do you do yeah. that? So yes, I get this question a lot because I think mm-hmm. people have a lot of like interest around it. I will say I got very lucky on the timing because I think again, we were the first people doing this. So it wasn't like we, th- you know, celebrities, it's specifically women celebrities were speaking at a lot of female focused business events. So that's like first things first, timing was on our side. But the other thing is, it's like, you have to be unafraid to reach out and, you know, shoot your shot essentially. So I remember like the first big name for me that we got that I was like, oh my God, it's so exciting was um, Garance DeRay, who was like one of the first street style bloggers. She's an amazing entrepreneur. She's really cool. She does not do a lot of speaking. And I emailed her team a billion, like truly a billion times. And they were like, finally like, okay, the date's lined up. She has something she's promoting. Like, let's get her to Chicago. And I was like, that is huge for us. Then the second big kind of, you know, person, I mean, we were getting great people all the time, but like the second big person was um, Rachel Zoe. So I had worked with Rachel Zoe at my previous company through a paid opportunity through um, one of my clients. And I really, I really loved her. I really loved Roger. I got, you know, I worked with her assistant. We like, worked, you know, the whole thing. I'm sure she had no idea who I was, even from working with her at that like one little event or whatever. So basically I, I sh- you know, shot her an email and told her what was going on and like this, that, the other got passed her on her team and, you know, she agreed to do it. And that was huge. And so basically getting Rachel was like a big deal. And so when we announced Rachel, it was really exciting. And then following that, um, the Honest Beauty team reached out and asked if Jessica could, I mean, it was a, it was a waterfall effect, but I will say this. And those are the ones that led to everyone else because the world of celebrity and influencer is very contingent on who else is doing it or who else has done it. And I think getting, landing your first big person is the first step. Yeah. The second step to that is making sure they have a really good experience. So for us, like we roll out the red carpet for our talent because we don't have big budgets, right? Like, and we don't typically pay speakers specifically for the bigger events. So we try to give them as much love as possible. So we, um, you know, if they have a product line, we'll give them a pop-up booth that we'll produce, you know, we'll bring in a moderator they feel really comfortable with. Obviously we pay for transportation and glam and like all those different things, but we, we know that they have something to promote and that we have something to provide, which is our audience. Yeah. So it is this like barter, like your reciprocal system that they're getting something out of it. It's in the same way celebrities shoot magazine covers, right? They shoot, no one really gets paid, I think, for a magazine cover. Like they're excited to be on the cover of Allure. And so there's this reciprocal kind of, you know, exchange that happens that's really important because if you if they show up and they're like, there's no green room. The security you promised isn't there. Um, the room's empty. Like whatever it is where they feel like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. That can be devastating for your brand because they're all friends. A lot of influencers and celebrities are all at the same events. They're all in the same you know world. And so we were lucky that like people had such good experiences that they were willing to refer us to other friends. A good example of that is Sophia Rossi, who was the founder of Hello Giggles, is now the, the founder of High Note. Um, she's awesome. She interviewed Catherine Power and Hillary Kerr. And that was my first time meeting her and being introduced to her. And she's wonderful. And she was like, you know, my friend Nicole should do this. And I was like, yeah, who's your friend Nicole? And she's like, Nicole Richie. And I was like, yeah, like that would be great. And so she, she was able to get, you know, Nicole Richie to come. So it is like, it's kind of this like natural effect. That being said, it is a pay for play game now. I would say it's very, very rare that someone will do something for free uh, Uh because there's been such an explosion in this market of women entrepreneurs. I think start small with people that are big to you, whether that's an influencer, a blogger, or a creator that really resonates with your community and work your way up. But like, I think at the end of the day, you can't rely on celebrities to build your business. Like it's, it's a really 
challenging strategy, challenging and expensive strategy. Not to say uh -huh. it doesn't work, not to say there aren't ways around it where you can, you know, exchange equity in this and that. Like there's a million different celebrity brands we know about and collabs. But I think if your whole strategy is I'm going to get amazing talent, it doesn't work. The yeah. talent only comes if you have the audience. Like th mm -hmm. that's the, the trade-off. So what would be your number one tip for people wanting to build a community now when the market is very saturated, even just cutting through on social media is, you know, very, very saturated. Yeah. What would be like your number one tip if someone was starting a new community? I would say niche down. I think, you know, again, when we started, we were a platform for female entrepreneurs, small business owners, like that's super wide, right? And we captured a very wide audience because nothing existed. So everyone got something out of it. Now, I would say that you, it's really challenging to start something that, that's that wide. You have to niche mm -hmm. down in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's location. Maybe it's the type of business they're running. You know, whatever it is, like for beauty owners, for CPG, for people in wellness, like whatever it is. Like I think finding those like little niche communities is where it's at because I think if you go too wide, it's too hard to have people feel connected. So it's like the brands that are really creating amazing communities are super niche down and providing super high touch community value, meaning they engage with their audience in multiple ways. Like they're co constantly in touch. There's Slack channels, there's community driven content. It's really about building small to large versus going large uh, yeah. immediately. I love that. And we're seeing that so much with TikTok. And the other day I found one so specific about gut health specifically for like women who are 20 years old. And it was like so damn specific. And it's just people are craving craving this so health is huge it's crazy all it takes is that one little niche moment for you to get bigger and then you can expand from there it's not like it's like you have to be stuck in this niche forever but find that like community of people that are enthusiasts around about what you're building and then you know spread your wings and get you know go yeah. a little further so on my concept of fantasy land you have done some pretty cool stuff but what is like the pinnacle of holy shit I just pulled this off kind of feeling I would say two moments like stand out to me one is um when I interviewed Martha Stewart so like I had tried to get Martha Stewart for years truly and finally like the you know the planets aligned she was available she was in New York like all these different things so I feel like that was a big coup because she didn't really do speaking of her opportunities up until that point so it was really exciting to have her and she was hilarious and, and really great so I would say that for sure the other thing I would say is our San Francisco event in 2018 or no maybe it was 2019 yeah maybe 2019 it's like I can't even remember we had 2,000 people we had over 75 sponsor activations on site wow. it was a behemoth it was like essentially Coachella <laughs> like that we like put on for one day it was insanity um and it obviously was like our highest revenue I think event that we had done to that point and it felt insane like I remember just walking around feeling like and I had like basically slept at the venue it was total chaos oh like a million things going wrong but I remember just being like holy shit, <laughs> like, this is insane. Like all these people, like, it's really exciting. And then the only other thing I would say is like doing my book tour, I think was really amazing because the book tour was so, was about me versus like Create and Cultivate, right? It was, it was about yeah. work party and the book and the launch. 
And like, I get why people want to go to Great and Cultivate. Like, it's amazing. It's so fun. But like, I was super nervous about the book tour because I was like, no one's going to give a shit about me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so it was really, like amazing that we had like sold out every single stop. There was like hundreds of people in like Nashville and like all these cool spots. And I had such a good time. And it was really, it was a really amazing experience. So incredible. I didn't get to see your book tour at the time. Was it like the traditional book tour to the bookstores or did you go create and cultivate kind of book? We went create and cultivate. (laughs) So basically we partnered with WeWork and so we went to all different WeWorks in each city. Microsoft was our presenting partner. And then I basically, I interviewed a lot of women for the book. And so a lot of them came on tour with me and had conversations. So we were able to kind of do that, which was really fun. Like Rebecca Minkoff and Morgan Debon and um, just like a ton of really cool people. So it was like, I had someone in each stop, which was really cool. Yeah. So it was really fun. Oh, it sounds incredible. And you just do things differently, just in every way. I love this so, so much. So recently you have just launched your business blueprint mastermind and you're doing so many different things. So tell us about all of the balls you have on the go at the moment. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, but the Blueprint Mastermind I'm really excited about. So I launched out with Ali Webb, who is the founder of Drybar, and Marina Middleton, who's like an amazing personal branding expert. And this really came about because Ali and I and Marina do a ton of coaching. Like, I love it. I love, you know, you and I met through through a coaching yeah. session. Like, I love meeting people and hearing their stories and trying to help and problem solve because that's it's kind of what I miss doing all the time, you know, not being now the, the active CEO of Create and Cultivate. So it's something I love doing. And I, I always say I love the growth stage of businesses. And so we were all kind of chatting and realizing like, oh, we all have like very unique and different perspectives, right? Ali coming from CBG franchise, customer experience world, Marina from the personal brand coaching side of, of things, um, you know, that side. And then obviously community building, selling businesses, you know, consumer marketing, et cetera. And so we're like, we should do something together and like see if people are into it and like kind of throw, you know, like throw a little mastermind together and see, and see if some some people will join. And we sold out 40 spots, like I think 46 Incredible. spots, like pretty quickly, which is, I was shocked, <laughs> which I'm super excited about. And so we get to go really deep for six months with everyone. And um, we have an in-person event piece in Napa, which will be really fun. I'm hosting a dinner at my house. So it'll be really, really fun putting my event cap back on and obviously being able to do some like, you know, fun coaching work with some incredible students. And then I've also co-founded a company called Cherub, which is a double-sided marketplace looking to connect angel investors to founders who are looking to bring on strategic angels that can help build their business through obviously cash, but also some of their expertise as well. Um, so think of it as like a dating app um, where yeah. you can connect and then share information and see how it goes. So we just raised our friends and family round and are launching early next year, but we have our alpha product out in market and have over 500 angels and 500 companies, which is crazy. And so it's been really fun to kind of see all those different businesses, you know, and what they're doing, what they're looking to do. And then obviously we have amazing angels on the platform as well. Wow. So incredible. And I think it's just testament to all of the work and like the experience and the challenges and the tears and like everything that you've done. And that now you get to not only create a platform that can help other business owners and investors thrive, but also through your mastermind, through your coaching, just share all of that wisdom. And I'm sure there is still so, so much more to come for you and just creating magic in this world. But thank you so, so much for sharing all of your wisdom here with us today. Where can people 
come and find out and say hi. So I'm on Instagram at Jacqueline R. Johnson. You can follow Create and Cultivate at Create Cultivate at Invest with Cherub at Blueprint Mastermind. Like it's all the things. It's all linked in mine though. So don't worry. You don't have to go and find we'll everything. And put the link in the show notes as well. <laughs> yeah. And then I have the podcast Work Party, which you can definitely check out as well. And I'm available on intro for mentorship sessions and coaching. And I'm sure we could just chat all day. I have so many things <laughs> to ask you, but I feel like that was so, so valuable. So thank you. Yay, of course. That was awesome. Thank you for having me. 